Former West Ham United, Tottenham Hotspur, Queen's Park Rangers, Crystal Palace, Arsenal, well, sort of, Millwall, Chelsea, Manchester City, Bordeaux, Carlisle United and England striker Clive Allen has just released his new autobiography entitled Upfront. Earlier this week, I sat down with Clive to discuss his spell at West Ham United, amongst other highlights from his 17-year career as a professional footballer. You were born in Stepney, as I understand it. I was, it. yeah, yeah. So, good Eastender. I'm, good I'm, East I'm a Cockney, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, which <laughs> I think was a was a you know a forerunner to to what was going to happen. I, I, well, I'd like to think so. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm proud of that. That I'm, I'm actually a, a Cockney, although. Um, mum and dad lived in Hornchurch in Essex um, in the same road as, as Ronnie Boyce so grew up knowing obviously Ronnie and, and his children yeah. um, and a West Ham area it was a West Ham area yeah, yeah. yeah still is today yeah so but you say in, uh, in, in the book that dad wasn't particularly keen for you to join West Ham well it was an experience he had himself yeah it was a was... strange one because dad as a 15 year old uh, obviously a talented young footballer um was was rejected by West Ham, and I think that whether whether that had an influence on it or not, I'm not sure. But it it was a case that, um, from what I gathered, West Ham never approached Dad to to actually for me to go as a schoolboy to to West Ham. So um, obviously I went to Queens Park Rangers, started my career there. But um, West Ham was our, our local club. All my all my friends growing up at school and around the area that I was in was a West Ham area. So it wasn't until obviously the towards the end of my career that that I had the chance to to, to join West Ham. You didn't. You, you, another thing you say is that um, you, you didn't actually support any particular club growing up, which which I think a lot of people might find unusual coming from a a footballing family. Yeah, I think I think um, obviously my early experiences was Queens Park Rangers, where my grandfather took me to watch my dad play, um, but when I was when I would say when I was in in my um, Early days as a as a player, so my schoolboy football. Um, no, I wasn't. I wasn't sort of like Tottenham on my team or Arsenal on my team. Uh, that really wasn't the case because I just wanted to play football, um, and I loved the game. Was passionate about it. Followed all football. Followed all teams and um, and, and players as well. But never really. I would never say I'd now my you know my my the master to a particular team so would you go and watch professional football as a youngster would I did, you go and watch I, did. I was I was fortunate that dad used to take me to games um, I went the first game I went to on my own or with my pals was a West Ham game um, from school and I'd never done that before never been to a game on my own I was about 13 if I remember 13, 14 going to Upton Park um, and that's always quite an experience because you're actually you're on your own you feel like you're grown up and, and, and so Upton Park was the first ground that I went to with friends to, to watch a football match OK you say that um, again in the book um, Paul um, your, your cousin, cousin Paul yeah obviously yeah. signed for West Ham he did yeah and uh, made a big name for himself. Do you, do you remember watching the, the 1980 Cup final? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, obviously, uh, Paul um, had the chance of being the youngest player. He played in the semi final, and uh, and then he was told that he was playing in the, the FA Cup final we, as, as the youngest player ever to play in the FA Cup final at that time. And uh, I remember having spoken to him. In the, in the build up to it although I wasn't going to the game I went and bought the first 
a VCR recorder yeah. so that I could record the game and we, we watched the game every day the following week watched it back he came over home we watched it it was it was just we just couldn't believe it he couldn't believe that really that he played in an FA Cup final for West Ham and won it as well which was which was brilliant absolutely amazing there's some lovely commentary there isn't it from Brian Moore I don't know if that's the recording yes. he's got where he refers to him crying at the end yeah that. that's right yeah one of the big things about that cup final was the tackle yeah, yeah. Really young. Really young stack on him, yeah. Do you, you remember well, that? Well, I, 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 I speak to Paul regularly and um, I, I see him a lot. He, he, um, he always says, to this day, he always says he thanks Willie Young that he chopped him down. And I go, well, why? You, you were clean through. You, you, he said, and obviously Paul wasn't a prolific goal scorer in his career. And he always says, no, he says, Clive, he says, my legs were absolutely like jelly. <laughs> he said, if I'd have gone clean through without being challenged, he said, I don't think I would have scored. He said, and that, like in an FA Cup final, he said, it, it could have lived with me forever. So he said, he actually always says, thanks to Willie Young for, for hacking him down. But no, what what he achieved at that age was just phenomenal. Was just phenomenal. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. really was. And I remember he played he played well in the game. You wouldn't you wouldn't guess that he was 17 years of age playing in an FA Cup final. He was absolutely amazing. He was, he was. At that time, you, you your, your career was... was beginning to, to flourish as well and but but one of the things that I wanted to specifically ask you about again not related to West Ham but something that everyone I'm sure will be asking you at some point today or, or, or when you're the transfer yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> so in the book you say that you went as a striker yes um, once you got there Terry Neal and Don Howe Try to play you in a, in a wide right, four three three. Yeah, wide, a wide right position. Yeah, but you also yeah. suggested that there might be some something going on behind the scenes, possibly with the transfer to Palace. What's your yeah. overall view of the, the whole situation? There? It, it was really bizarre because um, obviously I was transferred for one point two five million in nineteen eighty, which people, you know, today you'd go, well, yeah, it was a transfer, but it was actually quite extraordinary. First million pound transfer for a t- teenager. And I went, I went to Arsenal, I was 18, I was a centre forward at QPR, having scored uh, 30 goals a season before. Um, and yeah, it, it, was, it was a summer, so I signed in May, had five weeks off summer, back for pre-season training. Um, two and a half pre-season games, one in which I played, one in which I had half a game. And then all of a sudden there was all this speculation that... Um, Crystal Palace were, were prepared to let Kenny Sanson go to Arsenal but the only way that would happen if Arsenal traded me to Crystal Palace so um, obviously I'd, I'd signed a four year deal at Arsenal never ever thought that it was going to happen but got called to, to Terry Neal's office and he said you've obviously seen the speculation in the papers it's true we want we want you to go and it was I was you know absolutely bewildered he couldn't believe that that was the case and uh, that following week, which was the week of the first game of the season, um, the, the the swap took place. Kenny went to Arsenal. I went to Crystal Palace. So it was a it was a crazy sixty three days. I was an Arsenal player. Yeah, I think the only time um, I can remember something happening like that since was when Joey Beecham was. That's at right. Stand. Yeah, I, yeah. I think that was after you left, wasn't it? Yeah, that, just, that, after just, just after I left. That's right. Yeah. Let's let's fast forward a bit and, and come on to West Ham. So we're gonna. 
go past the, the Tottenham days sure. and, and yeah. the, the Bordeaux I think was it Bordeaux I went to uh, I went to Bordeaux from Tottenham went to City come back to London to Chelsea and then obviously the, the move to, to West Ham came about so let, let's um, let's talk about that. How, how did that actually come back I believe you spoke to, to Martin I did I did I'd had a I'd had a, a little bit of a fallout with Ian Portfield the, 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 the Chelsea manager and, and, and that was uh, about him not playing you at the, yeah, at the time yeah in a, a quarter final uh, FA Cup replay against Sunderland um, and it was just before the transfer deadline in April and Martin who was living in Gerald's Cross right near where I was living I uh, was renting near near him and obviously because he was local used to see him and I just said to him I said Mark I said uh, why don't you could you ask Bill if he'd be interested in me coming to West Ham and as Martin does yeah no problem he did and about 24 hours later I got the phone call that um, Chelsea had agreed West Ham had made an offer and uh, the opportunity to, to go to West Ham you know just because of what happened with uh, with uh, Chelsea and the chance and I always say the chance to come home because uh, obviously Essex is where I'd, I'd been born brought up and coming almost full circle having gone on my travels for a few years coming full circle bringing the family back home and, and having the chance to play for West Ham that um, Bill, Bill didn't need to sell me the club he, it was it was yet yeah, you know I, I really I really enjoyed it was a warm welcome uh, I knew a lot of the players obviously I played with some my cousin Martin was there Alvin I knew players there and uh, it was an easy transition it really was to arrive and to, to start at West Ham you played I think with Martin at QPR didn't you when you were very young yeah I was yeah. in the side and Martin was coming through he obviously yeah. did his apprenticeship at QPR he broke into the side yeah. so I, I played with Martin very briefly before I moved to um, before I moved to Arsenal ok there's a, there's, a, there's a lovely story in the book about one of your first games uh, playing together yes I think it was in Jakarta that's right yeah. when uh, Martin yeah. came up against uh, one of the greatest players of all time oh Johan Cruyff yeah Johan was at the end of his career he had a, a, a bit of a knee problem but obviously it was the great Johan Cruyff and Martin was a was a very young um, player coming with the first team group and he played I remember him he was, he was playing at right back and Cruyff was playing wide on the left for, for Feyenoord and uh Obviously, you know what lads are like. He's a, he's a new young player. They knew what he was like, so they were winding him up. You know, if you if you can, you, you, know, you can kick the great Yoan Cruyff. <laughs> and uh, of course, Martin was like absolutely revved up as he would be, and he tried everything, but he couldn't get near him. This this guy was just well. We knew he was a, the most phenomenal player anyway. But that night, he turned Martin inside out, upside down. And I always remember him crossing the ball from the left-hand touchline with the outside of his right boot, and it was like, wow, you know that that was something. And uh, yeah, Mark Martin got Mark. It was a, it, it was quite an inauguration for him into the first team. <laughs> he, he he got absolute, and I'm sure he'd, he'd say it himself if you asked him. It was a, it was a great experience for him, but it was one. It was one he'll never forget. That's for lessons. sure. Yeah, he did absolutely. Yeah, he must have yeah. been getting for forty at the time. Yeah, he was. Late, I think it was his late thirties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he was. But, but yeah. Still, still oh, had it. Used. Yeah, he just. You knew he was just class. Absolute class. You, 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 uh, you came as you said. You, you came to West Ham at the end of what was a very difficult season for the yeah. club. Yeah, and we were on the cusp of relegation at the time. That's right. Um, I think you scored on your debut, didn't you? For, for I the did. Club? Was yeah. it against Chelsea. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. My first game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, having left Chelsea. That's 
restaurant yeah, yeah. West Ham. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll never forget it. Corner of the box, fired it into the top corner. And it was almost like, well, there you go. You know, you've let me go. And it's always a, it's always a, a great way to introduce yourself to, sure. to your new supporters and yeah. uh, the West Ham crowd were, were fantastic yeah. but I always say that the one thing that, that struck me was when when relegation was confirmed the whole atmosphere of the club changed although yeah. we went down it was like it was really positive in that yeah we've got a serious chance of coming back up and coming back up would have brought us back to the Premier League and really from from the moment we were relegated as I say the whole atmosphere of the club changed it was really it was a really vibrant vibrant place to be the team was very positive we had a nice mix we had some real experience and it was it was really really good really good time you played in that famous game um, I, don't, I think it was the, the penultimate game of the season Cambridge. where we played Man United and, oh yes and, yeah. and yeah. Alex Ferguson famously described uh, the team's effort as obscene that day that's right it, it practically denied them the title yes um, yeah that's but, right but a good game yeah. to play in, presumably it was yeah and, and I think it was it, it was you know an indication that the team had underperformed the season we were we were relegated we, we shouldn't have been in that position we were and then we, we just had to you know we had to put it right the following season which which we did mm-hmm. um, and Bill Bill obviously Harry came in as his assistant and uh, so I say things took off we, we played some great football got some really good results you had a, you had a, a very good record um, to begin with you, you you were going great guns in, in the was it the second division at the time it, it was the yeah, division? It, yeah. Um, um, or was it the championship? Uh, it was, because the it was championship. the first year of the yeah, Premier League, wasn't that's it? That's right, yeah. So um, but you, you started really well. Yes. Um, you scored, I think, on the opening day of the season. Was it Barnsley? Barnsley away, yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, and then you yeah. were going going along really well, and then you you suffered what so you described as, I think it was a double calf injury. Yeah. Which I, you, I, you put down to eventually ending, ending your career. Yes, definitely. Once I sustained that injury, it, it, it haunted me really right to the end. It was something that was there. I was never quite the same after that. Um, as they say old man's injury and I'd never experienced anything like that before so uh, yeah it was so frustrating because things were going well Um, I was enjoying loving my football scoring for West Ham things were on the up and and that injury yeah it was the beginning of the end I would have said how did that come about Clive the the injury itself what what, uh, just literally just just taking off trying to trying to um, explode and take off and the calf just popped the muscle at the start of the game or were you uh, you... no it was in the game it was yeah and so you warm you warm yeah oh yeah it wasn't a case of of being caught cold or anything like that you know I'd always prepared the way I always prepared and and never had any inclination that that might happen and I'd never had calf injuries before so you know I'd had, had sort of kicks to the calf but never torn any calf muscle had a, had a slight Achilles when I was at Man City but had never actually had a, a calf injury so it was the first time I experienced that it was horrible it really was how, how was how did you find the treatment uh, at, the, at the club because there, there's there's um a few stories kind of from around that area where players at Julian Dix for example Julian was says that yeah. he, he didn't kind of get the treatment he felt he, he should have but what was your experience of that? Uh, no John Green was physio and, of course John and, Green yeah, was right, yeah. John was very good obviously there were there, I tried everything that I could in terms of the rehabilitation strengthening of the calf no it was just that the, it was a bad tear and the thing was whatever happened at that age in my career it was never going to heal yeah. to to the to the degree that I, would, I was going to get back to what I was. That was the problem. Um, I was my own worst enemy as well. I have to say that you know I was always pushing to, 
coming back just a week before I should have done or so I was always I would I would say I was always vulnerable from then on because of that so it was did, did you suffer any relapses I mean was it was it a case that they put a, a time on your comeback and you you say you tried to come back a bit early no no that was me that was just the way I was right. it was it was me you know I I I, I just love playing and I, I didn't want to be out injured so I, in a way I, I used to you know, always say yeah I'm okay and taking that little chance that instead of giving it the extra week that perhaps I should have done but that was that was, that was totally me Okay, It was quite a shame as I said because you, you'd struck up quite a good relationship with Trevor Morley yeah, absolutely. at the time and you yeah. scored quite a few goals between you before you got injured yeah I enjoyed playing with Trevor he was uh, you know I would say he was he was very unselfish centre forward good good target man good player for me as a as a striker I thought we we had a we had a really good relationship obviously Bish and my cousin Martin were playing in midfield Mark was on the right on the right or left wing and he, he, he provided a lot of ammunition good crosser of the ball so we had you know I, I had I had service I had opportunities and, and thankfully I was you know given the chances I was always confident I could score goals so it was a good team wasn't it at that, it at was that level team. when you, when you yeah. look at most of the players like yeah. as you say Bish went on yeah. to play for City as well Man That's City right. yeah. um, and Tony yeah. Gow I think went on to win yeah. the, the Premiership Jay Lee, a couple uh, of years Alvin, later Julian at left back Julian was a fantastic footballer he obviously had his reputation but but for me Julian Julian could play anywhere he could have played in any position and you know he was uh, he was obviously went from West Ham to Liverpool but Julian was a, was a top player Timmy Breaker at right back we had, we had, a, we had a very very good good yeah. team Ludo Ludek in goal yeah, very, very good side. I, I was I was going to ask you about your, your relationship with Julian, actually, because there was a, a story that your, your cousin told us at one of our um, events about a training session where Julian was, was late and Harry was really exasperated because he was he was messing about. And uh, he came on and scored a hat-trick and kind of said, I didn't know what the fuss was about. You got on well with him off, off the pitch yeah, as well as I on did, the pitch. Yeah, I did, yeah. There was, I, I think, the thing... Perhaps in a, in a way, I thought Julian was a bit misunderstood because he had this reputation of being a, a tough man, a strong player, which he was physically. Fan. But I think sometimes he didn't get the credit he deserved as a footballer. And I think there was a, there was a there was a mutual respect there that you know Julian. I was I was at the latter end of my career. He, he was he was younger than me, but I think that that he. He had a, he appreciated what what I'd done and, and and knew of knew of that, and also I think you know I, I respected him immensely as a footballer. I thought he was such a talent, and we got on really well. Mm-hmm. And he could he, he could he could win games on his own, you know. As we know that 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 goal I scored against Cambridge, which everyone says, oh, you scored the goal which took us up to the Premier League. Well, no, Julian run seventy yards. I think he beat about six players two block tackles and you know I might be exaggerating but it was unbelievable and then he cuts it back to me for me to tap in I did I did the easy bit you know he did he did the uh, he provided it and that was that was Julian wholehearted totally committed but he was a great footballer as well mm-hmm. I'm going to come back to the Cambridge game in just a second but sure. the, the, this is when you, you, you came back from your injury and I think it was the game before was it Swindon that, that, yes. that you came back uh, I think he was on the bench to I start came, was I that came right? on and a sub against we were winning 1-0 at the time and I think yeah. um, Billy threw you on then he did yeah yeah. it was almost uh, as, as has happened many times in my career the manager turns if I've been on the bench like go on and get us a goal and fortunately I did I, I went on I again I was I was still I was still very tentative about the calf 
but um, I was desperate to play and obviously the chance to go on and important. it was a big game we had to win that game because I think had we not we wouldn't have we wouldn't have got up automatically and um, yeah I managed to fight again I remember the goal managed to fire it in from the corner of the box right on the corner of the 18 yard box and I, it went literally six inches off the ground pinged into the far corner yeah it was a, it was it was it was a good strike. It was one of those that as soon as I hit it, I knew it was in. But it was an important goal, so I was really pleased to do that. I still, obviously, I still wasn't right because the the, the last game of the season was the the game Cambridge at home. And of course, we, we, we needed to. We were up against Portsmouth at yeah, the time, and that's uh, right. We wanted to go. I think we had one goal. Was it one goal advantage we had over we, them? Going we had to. Week? Yeah, if we matched their result, that's right. We, yeah, we yeah. went up automatically. Yeah. And I, I've always said it. I say it in the book that I don't think that had we not gone up automatically, that we'd have gone up through the playoffs. It was a case of, you know, it was it was everything. We, we it was shit or bust. We had to. We had to. We knew we had to do it then. And. Uh, that was amazing it was the atmosphere obviously you know you know crowd were on the pitch we had to they had to go back there was a there was a, a wall round the round everybody standing on that touchline and even when I scored the, that second goal David Speedy scored the first I got the second 2-0 there was still rumour that oh no they're winning 5 or whatever it was we didn't really know and then, of course, when I scored that second goal, everybody's on the pitch. No, you've got to get off. We've got to finish the game. But um, no, it was it was brilliant. That was a that was a great day. I think even even though you, you were only at West Ham for a relatively short period in your career, you, you're you're one of those players that, that's kind of gone down in club folklore. A bit like Ricardo Vazte when he scored the goal that, that took West Ham back into the Premier League in yeah. 2011, 12, whatever it was against Blackpool. That goal. Was was the goal? To yeah, I, many. As I say, I live in the West Ham area. A lot of West Ham supporters and friends. They they remind me of it. They say, "Oh yeah, you scored that goal against Cambridge," and it's like, "Yeah, but that's all I did really. I, I came on and, and I had to tap it in from two yards." But yeah, I did. Yeah, and, yeah. and people remember it. Yeah, there, there are, you know, I suppose it, you know, for there's a, those iconic moments that. Yeah. that make a mark on people and they, they'll never forget it so that whole because of the atmosphere because yeah. of how it was that day and yeah. and, and the buzz certainly the buzz in uh, in Upton Park was unbelievable and uh, yeah people remember it which is great I'm imagining I would imagine if you're in a West Ham pub you probably don't have to buy a drink still to, to no, the start no they're, they're always yeah they're always <laughs> really good West Ham supporters yeah yeah so that's nice it's nice to be remembered by that you, you were fit as West Ham went back into the Premier League for, for the second season yeah you, you were put through the, the, the typical priest I think it was the, the old Epping Forest Epping priest Forest again, you refer to yeah. that with, with Ronnie in the, with Ronnie boys, in the book yeah. it was still yeah. the same old thing running a mile and Billy Bonds presumably yeah. was still at the front of the Billy was starting at, well starting at the back finishing yeah. at the front and a phenomenal athlete obviously but a great guy absolutely I, I, I'd love playing for Bill as, as everybody knows you know honest the whole you know and as a, as a player you knew you knew where you stood with Bill, and it was uh, you know it was a pleasure to to play with him. Not so much to train with him because he was still you know he was still the same, competitive. He's still as fit. He was as fit as he was as a player. But um, no, it was it was a good time, really good time. Harry and, and Bill fell out eventually. It was quite an acrimonious situation. Were there any? hints that, that that might eventually happen while you were there that you can, that you can no, recall no not, not really obviously I, I left while Bill was still in charge sure. and then that happened after I'd left no I, I, I was surprised it did because seeing them work together it was, it was, there was a, it was a great relationship they're, they're different types of characters but they complemented one another so well mm-hmm. the players liked 
you know, like both of them, they they knew where they stood with with Bill. Harry's, you know, Harry's enthusiasm, his knowledge for the game, absolutely fantastic. And um, that working relationship that they had certainly helped us as a group. And uh, I think that's why we had, you know, we had the success we did that season. And how did that dynamic actually work on the training field? Would who would take the training sessions? Would they'd, they'd it be both, a question of both? Yeah, they'd both share it. They'd, right. they, they both work together. They're, they're both on the training field. Harry would take a session. Billy would would do something, and it, and as I say, they they just dovetailed together. It worked. It worked really well. And and the team, I think the team the, the team reflected what they were as well. Mm. You know, I think it was an honest team that worked hard, had that little bit of flair that, that certainly Harry liked in in the way that we played the football. And as I say, it was a it, it was a, it was a really good atmosphere throughout that season. Completely different to the one, as I said to you, that I joined with relegation of foot and the whole, the whole, the whole feeling uh, around the club before, you know, championship. Right, we can we can do well in this, and that's exactly what we did. Back in the Premier League, you started up front. Yes, um, having recovered from that injury, it was five, six, or seven games. I think you played. You scored against uh, was it Sheffield Wednesday? Yeah, you got, got yeah. a couple of goals at the my, start. My first win, wasn't yeah, it? my claim to fame in the Premier League is that I've scored two goals. <laughs> yeah, and the two goals were against Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, at Upton Park. Yeah, um, my yeah my last my last well my last goals really. Because I, I obviously I went to Millwall from from West Ham, yeah. but my last two goals were Premier League goals yeah. for, for West Ham United. So, yeah, my my Premier League career is two goals for West Ham, which is amazing. <laughs> but then again, you got injured. I did, yeah, I did the calf the calf again. I was I was vulnerable. Um, I, I was struggling, and I knew that it was it was a problem, and I just couldn't I couldn't shake it off. I couldn't shake that problem off. How did how did the end at West Ham come about? Um, you, you, you mentioned speaking to Bill, and again you'd been yeah. out for a little while, and I yeah. think we brought in um, Lee Chapman came in, didn't he? Yeah. And Jerome Ball That's also right. came in. Yeah, and I think that was that was understandable because uh, because I was vulnerable with yeah. with the calf. Bill Bill, as as I said, was was totally honest with me. He said I wouldn't wouldn't be playing regularly, and and also he couldn't he couldn't rely on me being fit regularly. Sure. So um, I said, well, I needed to play. And um, the opportunity to come, Mick McCarthy took me to, or, or made an offer to take me to, to Millwall. And because I wanted to play, I, I could see that, you know, Bill and Harry were bringing in players that, in, in effect, were, were replacing me. I was going down the pecking order, so the, the chance to, to go and play, um, I had to take. It was, I say, it was the end of my career. I had the chance of a, 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 a new contract with my one running out at the end of the season with West Ham. So. Yeah, so that was coming, that would have come to an end at the end of the season, um, and it was unlikely it was going to be renewed. So, the chance to, to get another contract at Millwall, I, I had to take, had to it, take that. That's quite interesting because you've gone from uh, Chelsea to West Ham, who, who clearly aren't the best of friends, yeah, yeah, uh, having played for Tottenham, yeah. And then you go to Mill. I know, I know, I know. And, and, and in the book, I tell you that I got that call from from Tony Gal saying to me, "Clive, what the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> and I said, no, "What do you mean, Gaines? Why are you going to Millwall? Of I all said, the clubs you could go yeah. to?" So I said, "Well, it's all right." I said, "I've played for you know, I played for nearly every London club. Yeah, I, I had a good rapport with, with with whoever I played for. Never had problems. I'll be all right. I'll be fine." 
He said, he said, no, Clive, you just don't realise. You can't do it. I said, well, Gailey, I've done it. It's, like, it's just one of those things. But um, no, it was... And, it, and I, I never, ever thought that there would be a problem. It was something, you know, again, I was... I travelled around London, I played for different teams and that was that was, that was was me and I wanted to play. And wherever I went, I always, always felt, you know, I was going to give them my best and... And I did. I had good, you know, I had good rapport with with most, and if not all, the, the clubs that I played for and the supporters. And I think if you score goals for them, they always they always like you. So oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, Teddy Sheringham did a, did the same, yeah. didn't he? He started right. at Millwall, became a big player at Spurs, and then yeah. had a, a great right. period at West Ham at That's the end right. of his career. That's right. And I think in West Ham he, he was adored there. And, you know, I, and I think it's like football supporters. They you know they do appreciate it if they they can see it. They know that you're a good professional, you're, you're doing the job to the best of your ability. And I just like to think that that's what I did when I played, forever I played for. Obviously you get, you know, you, you do sense, you get that feeling that, you know, they like you and you, you're, you're part of their, their club. They want you to do well. And I, I, I had that at West Ham. There was never, never, never any ill feeling there at all. Probably because most of them are family, I suppose. Yeah. So they were on my side. No, I think you're right. I think you know you were a success at West Ham, and, and that's it. I think the one thing about West Ham, and I don't know if it's unique to West Ham, or whether it's uh, you know you, you see that so much at other clubs, but it's always been the case that they have a try there. They love after. Definitely. As long as you're putting yeah. the effort in. Absolutely. You're, yeah. You know you're going to be fine yeah. all day long. Yeah, definitely. Millwall didn't go so well. No, it was um, the end of my career. You were carrying the injury. Yeah, in, I was but you never still fit. Felt you had I was, to give. Yeah, I was never. Yeah, I did, and I came into a team that was uh, going there. Was a team that was obviously they got to got to the playoffs. It was a, a chance for them to go into the Premier League, which was a, a massive opportunity. Um, but unfortunately, I wasn't. I was. I wasn't the player that that I had been. I knew that, and and subsequently, you know, the end of my career was a foot so yeah it was a disappointment I didn't score there either I scored at every club I played for but not uh, not Millwall unfortunately you went on to Carlisle very briefly after that yeah which, well, that, which seems I wasn't aware of that until reading the book but um, it seemed quite a very strange arrangement where you'd go up was. for the weekend and yeah yeah it was Michael Knighton who, who nearly bought Manchester United was chairman the ball juggler yeah Mickey Wadsworth was the, was the manager and Mervyn Day obviously the, the, the uh, West Ham connection Mervyn was, was uh, Mickey was with assistant so I knew I knew Mervyn and yeah I was I'd been trying to be fit I'd trained because it, I was out of contract I was a free agent and the arrangement was to go and play for a month play a few games I could train I actually trained at West Ham yeah. uh, Harry allowed me to come in mm-hmm. um, again I think just because of that knowing Harry and him knowing me I wasn't going to be a, a you know I wasn't going to be a problem i I always trained properly always conducting myself well and now he said yeah of course come in and train use the facilities as and when you want um, I think he actually spoke to I think he might have spoke to Mervyn and just said to him look you know yeah close fit he's you know not a problem but it was I think all I was trying to say to the world of football was that look you know I'm a London boy I, I was playing at Millwall I just want to play. I'll even go to Carlisle and play football because that's what I want to do. And you can't get much further. Than and I couldn't get any further unless I go to Scotland. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, was it still the case, Clive, that you know you, your head was say I, I can still do this, but definitely. your body just wasn't working? Absolutely. For you. That was yeah. that was exactly what happened. Yeah. Um, and playing as well, I knew that the head was doing things, and my body it just wasn't in sync anymore, and it couldn't didn't react the same way. I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't the same player that, that I was in in the, in the peak of my career. So, 
it's hard. That is really, really difficult. It's, it's hard to accept because I've been 17 years as 18 years as a professional. Football was what I did, and I played. Didn't ever think of doing anything else other than, you know, I was going to be a player forever. But it was coming to an end. So, what it did end? How did you how did you cope with the say the first year? Uh, you know, it, after was, it was tough. I was fortunate that um, I moved into media, so um, I, I had the chance to work at Sky. Um, Sky launched Soccer Saturday was was evolving as a as a program, um, and I had the opportunity to to work there. So it sort of gave me it gave me a little bit of that drug, so to speak. You know that I was still involved in football, You're still getting I, your fix. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I was watching it. I was I was I probably watched more football then than I did when I played. Although I was passionate about the game, and obviously Sky, as we know, was was taking off. So I loved it, and and it was it, it saved me really. I would say because I don't know what I would have done. I was I was doing my coaching qualifications at the same time. So uh, with, a, with a view to always, you know, given the chance, coaching one day. But um, no, the, the media side of things was perfect for me at the stage I was at finishing my playing career. Talking about coming back to, to coaching, you, you worked with Harry again at Spurs. Yes. You had a successful period there. Yeah. Um, but what about management? I mean, Martin, obviously your cousin, uh, has made a great success of... of Managing various lower league yeah. clubs and doing a, a really good job. Barnet five times. As he, yeah, as he, as he said to me after the first time, I'm never going back there again. <laughs> five times later, I, I spoke to him, Mark, what, what are you doing? He said, you only, he said no, no. He said, uh, no, no, I, I, I'm back there, I'm back there. And, but yeah, I, I, I loved coaching, I really enjoyed that. And I, I always felt I needed that grounding in terms of because although football was a way of life, I played and you see, I've worked with many managers, different coaches, but until you are actually the coach, you realise that it is different and you, you have got different responsibilities. And But again, it was that drug, I loved it. As soon as I had the opportunity, going back to Spurs as a coach. I worked with the FA, with the um, England youth groups for a number of years while I was doing my media work. Uh, and that gave me the, some experience as a coach. But then the chance to go day to day working at Spurs was one I couldn't I couldn't resist, and it was a no-brainer. It was like, yeah, this is I know this is my opportunity, and I've always been a, a great believer that when opportunities present themselves, you you take them. If you don't, they might never come along again, especially in football. Sure. So yeah, it was a it was a great chance for me, and from day one, I, I just loved it. I loved being back at day to day involvement, working with players and. Um, the next stage of my my football career, really. Tell me about the um, the, the story in the book about the, there was one job you did apply for as, as, as in a managerial role, which was, was Gillingham. Yes, yeah. But yeah. as it turns out, you you lost the job to someone again you know fairly well. Yeah, a guy by the name of Alan, which is <laughs> like bizarre. Uh, I'd say they got the wrong one. But did you know he was going for the job when you uh, applied? No, although I, I should have known, but I didn't know. But um, no, pleased for him, he, he 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 did a very good job there. Yeah. Um, and it was my first, really, my first time that I I tried for a number one position. Was excited about you know that opportunity should it have come along. Um, but again, I know football, the nature of the game. It just it wasn't it wasn't to be. But Martin got the job and, and did very well. 
pleased that I'm pleased that I lost to him really <laughs> is that it for you now in terms of managing do you think that ship sailed uh, no I'll never say never because you can never say never in football um, I, I given given an opportunity yeah it's something that I would do but um, I, I enjoy the media work that I do now so yeah I'm happy I'm happy with what I'm doing so yeah it's good you know you worked under some incredible managers Terry Venables for, for one yeah, one of the how greatest coaches is yeah, countries produced for absolutely. I ever, worked, worked three times with Terry um, at, at different clubs. Obviously at um, Crystal Palace initially, although he was the under twenty one coach when I was at Palace. Then at QPR. Then again, he arrived at Spurs in the last six months that I was a Tottenham player. Some some great managers: Howard Kendall, uh, Manchester City; Amy Jacquet at uh, Bordeaux, France, who went on to win the World Cup with France. Yeah. So some, you know, uh, Billy Harry Redknapp, who was, you know, incredible characters and 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 real football men. Um, so I was lucky to work with a lot of top football people and, and great managers. Yeah. The biggest example I can think of of, of, a, of a great player not being able to transfer that into management would be Bobby Moore, who, as we know, won the World Cup. Yes. One of the greatest yes. players this country's ever produced. Yeah. Went to Southend United and, and it just didn't work for him. Yeah. And do you think we need to be a certain kind of character to, to be successful in management? Yeah, I think that there's there's lots of different attributes that you need. You also need some luck. You need to you need a team that's successful. That's the nature of the business. It's about results. But you you have to be clever. You have to be. I think you look at the, the top managers. They're passionate about the game. They love the game, and that 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 for me is, is so important for for any manager. And I think that I always say a team is a reflection of the manager mm-hmm. um, in terms of the, the the way they are and, and what they produce. And um, I think I think that'll that'll hold firm for for years to come as well. Just to wrap up, then, if we can just come to West Ham now. Manuel Pellegrini appears to be doing a pretty good job there. Yeah. You're talking about a team reflecting the manager. Do you see that in the current West Ham team? And do you feel that yeah, I do. they've got an opportunity to break into that top six? Yeah, because I think you've got you've got um, a very experienced man at the helm now. You've got a lot of talented players. It is how he's going to harness those individuals. A lot of very, very talented individuals. And you can see collectively this season in particular that I think they're organised. They're, they're, they've certainly they've got a they look to have a team spirit that, that's very important. If you if you're going the, the, the fine lines and winning are so you know so small but with what he's got I think he's got a very good chance and I think there's a great opportunity this season when you look at you know you look at Man City Liverpool Liverpool Man City as it stands at the moment they are ahead of the rest there's no I don't think anybody can argue against that but after that from third down there's opportunities and, and West Ham can be amongst that come the end of the season it seems quite similar to 2015-16 season when Leicester yes. won, won the Premier League yeah. but Liverpool yeah. struggled I think Chelsea struggled that year yeah, um, Tottenham run them close yes. and, yeah. and yet Leicester I think what they found they had consistency they had a great team work ethic which carried them to the title it won't happen again I don't think it'll happen again not for a, a, a team or a club of, of that size, and I, I, I'm not saying West Ham can't win the Premier League, but they're not. Oh, going to win the, they're not going to win the Premier League, <laughs> but <laughs> they can finish third. Yeah, yeah. There's an opportunity this season. Do you think that the financial situation in most Premier League clubs has balanced it out a little bit more, rather than kind of created a divide? Because initially it was said that those the big three the big four were getting further and further away but yeah. now it seems to kind of be balancing itself out definitely it? yeah I think it is and I think that the, across the board the, the majority of the Premier League clubs they can 
they can pay salaries that are attractive to players to come and play players from all over the world want to come and play in the Premier League and it's not necessarily City, Liverpool, Chelsea, for example. It, they'll, they'll, they'll come and play, as we see with, the, again, talent at West Ham. Sure. They'll come and play for, for Premier League clubs um, that, that are established in the Premier League, and West Ham are one of those. One final question before we go. VAR, yes or no? Yes. Yeah, and I played American football. I saw, no over there. I saw how it worked. <laughs> I saw how it worked there. What the, my argument is, and I, 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 I had this argument in the very early days of Soccer Saturday when we talked about it, was that 99.9% of the time it's going to get the decisions right rather than wrong. And the decisions are so important, financially so important in this day and age, that the, ultimately the decision will be right. There's always going to be a contentious one or two, but it won't be as many that people say, well, it was or it wasn't a penalty. Was majority decisions they will get right and they need to use VAR for that okay. and on that note I was going to say Clive thank you very much for your time pleasure thank, thank you. you cheers, cheers.